Welcome to He That Hath Ears, Listen Podcast. My name is Dave Krupa, a Christian and student of the Bible. Each episode, I will share lessons I learned from God's Word to help on the Christian journey in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time exploring the Bible with me today. Now, let's listen. There's a man from the next town over from my hometown who is a contestant on this year's History Channel's Alone series. He needs to spend a hundred days alone in the Arctic in the hopes of winning a million dollars. As the series unfolds, it's quite obvious to me the source of strength of those that are competing is the hope of winning. Hope. That seems to be a magic ingredient for many applications in life. Today, I want to look at what it means to our spiritual life. If you would, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8. In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is the Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph, and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they had made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. Why did the shepherds go back glorifying and praising God? They had been given hope. Hope is as necessary to the human spirit as oxygen is to the body. Without hope, a feeling of senselessness, of purposelessness, takes over and utterly destroys our life. Well, what is hope? Hope is defined as desire with the expectation of getting what is desired. One cannot hope for that which he does not both desire and expect to receive. The man dying in his sins does not hope to go to heaven because he does not expect to, though he may desire to. The one dying in their sins does not hope to go to hell because they do not desire to, though they may expect to. Life can become difficult and harsh, and we may think things cannot get any better. But there is hope in Jesus. 
There is no hope comparable to the hope in Christ. Three reasons for our hope? First of all, the Word of God gives us hope. Romans chapter 15 verse 4 For whatsoever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. Paul is telling us the stories of old give us hope. Our problems aren't new. Someone has been there before and has come through the same struggle. Therefore, we can as well. Some problems that are found in the scriptures? How about loneliness? Elijah was lonely, but found that God was still with him. What about feeling frightened or afraid? David was able to defeat Goliath. What about unfairly treated? Joseph rose from prison to Pharaoh's court and was able to save his people. How about a crisis? Daniel's prayer saw him through a crisis, namely the lion's den. What about being surrounded by ungodly people or perhaps living in an ungodly environment? Remember, God delivered Lot from Sodom. The promises of God gives us hope as well. Matthew 28 and 20 Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Hebrew writer says, Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. Hebrews 13 and 5 Jesus himself tells us in Matthew 28, and the Hebrew writer confirms that despite whatever's going on, Jesus is with me. In hope against hope, he believed so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be, Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform." Romans chapter 4, verses 18 through 21. Paul, of course, is talking about Abraham. God made a promise to Abraham that he would have a son and so many descendants that you couldn't number them. Abraham was about a hundred years old, and Sarah was past the time of giving birth to a child. But God kept his promise. The promise that God made to Abraham when he was without a son, God kept. Paul writes in Romans 8 and 28, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. No matter how dark the night may be, 
the sun will come up. We need to keep this in mind as things of life happen to us. We have the hope of eternal God. The cross of Christ also gives us hope. The cross reminds me that someone loves me. If you would, look at John 13, verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he would depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. John goes on to write in chapter 15, verse 13, Jesus said, Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. And Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? We can see from these verses that though Jesus knew what was going to happen to him that night of the Passover, he was willing to go through it. He was willing to die on that cross because he loved us. And why? Because we are his friends. And Paul tells us in Romans 8, he will also freely give us of all things. The cross also reminds me that God can forgive me. He who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. Romans 4 and 25. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 through 22. Did you catch that last statement? In order to present you and me before him, God, holy and blameless. Jesus makes it possible for us to be blameless in front of God. There is no feeling in the world better than the peace of heart and mind knowing that my sins are forgiven in Jesus. The empty tomb gives hope. The resurrection assures me that I too can change. Romans chapter 6 verses 3 through 6 Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. The empty tomb reminds me that I can change, and as Paul says, become a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. I have a second chance to live for God. Charles L. Allen was quoted as saying, When you say you have a situation or a person is hopeless, you are in fact slamming the door in the face of God. Hope, therefore, helps me clean up my life. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called children of God, and such we are. For this reason the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him, because we will see Him just as He is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on Him purifies Himself just as He is pure. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1-3 through 3. The resurrection assures me that there is an eternal future better than I have ever known in this life. It tells me that I have an eternal home undefiled and spotless. And John chapter 11 verses 25 through 26 tells us that the resurrection is Jesus and Jesus is the life. Life with Christ is an endless hope but without him, a hopeless end. Now, I certainly don't want all the problems you may have, and I'm sure you don't want all the problems I may have. But I do know one who has all the answers for our problems, Jesus. Give yourself to him. Let's look for the hope of the future based upon Scripture. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Let's examine what Peter's saying here a little closer. What is the character of our inheritance? He says we're going to get an inheritance. Well, first of all, he says in verse 4, it's imperishable. It will endure forever. It will not fade away. And he's making this as direct comparison to the earthly Canaan that was promised to the Israelites. The inheritance of Canaan in the Old Testament was invaded many, many times, Philistine, Moabites, and so on. While non-Christians struggle to achieve an inheritance which will not rot and decay, the Christian strives for one which can never be destroyed. He says that our inheritance is undefiled. It is morally and religiously pure. It won't be obtained by dishonesty or by fraudulent acts. 
We can see that Canaan was often defiled by sin. Just look at Leviticus chapter 18. Isn't it encouraging to know heaven will not be defiled by such? We may suffer in this earthly life because of sin, but we have hope for better. He also says that our inheritance will not fade away. Think about this for a minute. Very few things are more beautiful than an arrangement of fresh-cut flowers. Yet in a few days, they fade and we throw them away. Our inheritance will never fade. Nations may rise and fall, but God's kingdom will last eternally. The assurance of this inheritance, the real beauty of all this, is that there is a reservation there in your name. Now, I've stayed a lot of hotels over my life, and reservations, although they say are guaranteed, oftentimes are not guaranteed because of overbooking. This reservation, the one guaranteed by the power of God with no overbooking, is true because his promises are unchanging. For men swear by one greater than themselves, and with them an oath given as confirmation is an end of every dispute. In the same way God, desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of his purpose, interposed with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. Hebrews 6, 16-18 God is faithful to His promises. Look at Hebrews ten twenty three. Although there is only one catch to these wonderful promises, And I know you're probably thinking, I knew this was too good to be true. Here's the catch. It's your faith. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Romans 1 and 16. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 As long as you maintain your faith in God, as a Christian, God will keep you by His power. We don't have to go through life sad because of a lost hope. God's abundant mercy has provided and will maintain a hope of eternal inheritance. For those who belong to Jesus and for those who maintain their faith, that is. Thanks for listening. W. Clement Stone wrote, That which you share multiplies, that which you withhold diminishes. If you found this podcast enjoyable, share the link with someone you